Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. here at the early church in quick review we saw that the early church was a praying church well again we're, we're, we're walking in their footsteps and wanting to go even beyond where they were they were a praying church they were an excited church full of expectancy they came together in one place uh, they were united in one accord they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. They spoke about a God of miracles. Their messages were convicting. Convicting. They preached on repentance. They continued steadfastly in the word of God, in the uh, apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in fellowship with one another. They were always praying and and eating together and getting in the word together. Uh, They feared God. They did signs and wonders. They saw people being saved daily. Every day people were getting saved. They knew they were God's gift to the world. That's what we were talking about last time. They knew they were God's gift to the world. And you know, Jesus knew he was God's gift to the world. You remember uh, when he met that woman at the well, he said over there in John chapter 4, verse 10, he said to the woman, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus knew he was a gift to this woman. You need to know that you are God's gift to the world. You are carriers of the answer. You are carriers of the life and nature and power and presence of almighty God. Come on. You are God's gift to the world. Hallelujah. And so as a result of that, they had favor. They had favor. People expected to receive from them. We need for people to expect to receive something from us. We're not just takers. We're not just not living for ourselves. We're just not using people as stepping stones. You and I are looking to not just receive, but to be a blessing, to give, to give. We need to have a reputation of being good givers. We're just good givers. We're God givers. We're givers of God. We're givers of life. We're givers of good things. We're givers of the word of God. We need to have that outflow going. We can't just be, have that inflow of good things coming to us. Because uh, that will actually cause us to dry up. Get backed up. Plugged up. We don't want to get backed up. No, 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 no. We want it going out. We want that outflow equaling the inflow. It's coming into God. We want it going out. We want to have a reputation for being a blessing. Praise God. And then number 17, they were unashamed. They were unashamed and bold. Man, were they unashamed and bold. Uh, We saw it over there in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was a man sitting there by the gate called Beautiful. And this man had never walked a day in his life. And as he saw Peter and James coming into the temple, he asked them of alms. 
And I love what Peter said. He looked at this man intensely. He fixed his eyes on him and said, look at us. Hallelujah. Look at us. Look at us. See, they were unashamed of themselves. We don't want to be these people that are so ashamed that when people start giving us their attention, we actually get embarrassed. We get embarrassed. We become ashamed. You know, well, don't, don't look at me. You know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, and we start getting fearful and, and, and we start getting real timid and things like that once we start getting people's attention. Oh, we got to be able to stand up and say, look at us. Look at us. When do you say that? It feels good. Look at us. Got to have that, that attitude. Look at us. I'm not ashamed. Why should you be ashamed? You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, you're the righteousness of God. You can lift your head up, man. I'm ashamed. Praise God. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. You know, if there's things that aren't right in your life, man, repent of that. You shouldn't be carrying stuff around. Repent of that. Get that off of you as quick as it tried to get on you. Get that thing off you. Get cleansed of that thing and stand up and say, look at us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, We come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now notice that. We come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain what? Now you don't come to get mercy unless you've done something wrong. Unless you've missed it. But notice what he says. He says, you still, here you've missed it. He said, you still come boldly to receive that mercy. You don't come in there ashamed of missing it. You come in there boldly, confident of his mercy. That he's quick to forgive. He's quick to wash you up and cleanse you from that unrighteous thing. And, and get that crooked path all straightened out for you. See, don't, don't dwell on yourself. Don't dwell on what the devil had gotten you to do. Don't dwell on some kind of evil work. Dwell on him. On his righteousness, his mercy, his goodness. See, because there's people who say, oh, I missed it. I, missed it. I just keep missing it. I just keep missing it. And then they just, they just get self-absorbed. And, and they just become consumed with themselves as a failure. I'm just such a loser. I'm such a failure. I can never get this. I can never get this. And as they ponder and think on the negative things about themselves and how they've missed it. I don't know how many times I've missed it. I mean, I've repented, 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 but I just keep missing it. Why are you keeping a track record of keep missing it? Why aren't you forgetting the last one you missed? The last time you messed up, you should have forgotten about it because he said he forgets about your sin. He removes it as far as the east is from the west. How many people know east and west never meet? He, he, removes, he removes your sins as far as the east is from the west. So you got, you got to know that when you miss it, it's gone if you've repented. And so why are we going to keep talking about it? This is, I just keep doing it. No. Then you, did you receive the cleansing? Did you receive the forgetting? If God forgets, you forget. If God for, says he forgets, then you should receive that for yourself. It's forgotten. And if God forgets, it's forgotten. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the grace of amnesia. <laughs> the anointing, the amnesia anointing. You know, it's just, it just causes you to forget. This causes you to see. And you should have that anointing on your life. I suffer from amnesia. I can't remember a thing that I've done wrong. 
I just stand before people feeling just righteous. I don't know what my problem is. I just can't remember a thing I did wrong. I know I must have did something wrong, but I can't, I can't remember a thing I've done wrong. And then people, you know, they start going back to the cemetery. They try to start digging everything up. They try, I know I did something wrong. My God, I got to find it. The devil says, over here. Come over here. Come over. You remember this pile right over here? Come over here. Just dig this up. Right? So people do. You know, it just, it's gone. So if you messed up again, it really isn't again. It's, you've messed up, period. Messed up and, you're, and repent. Repent of it. Praise God. And receive forgiveness. Don't, we're not playing religious games. You know, I repent, but you're not really repenting. No, repent means to turn from the thing. You've returned from the thing, and you're going to go, you're going after God. And you mean business. You mean business. Well, I meant business 50 other times. Now, there you go again. See, it's keeping you from moving forward. See, the Bible says over in the book of Philemon, it says that your faith grows exceedingly by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. So as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, your faith grows. Your confidence, your boldness grows. But on the flip side of that, if you acknowledge all the negative things that's in your flesh, all the negative things you've done, then guess what? You are causing your faith to shrink. You're hindering your faith. You're hurting your faith. Stop hurting your faith. Repent, move on, receive mercy and forgiveness and forgetness. Hallelujah. Forgiveness and forgetness. Somebody say, I've received my forgetness. Hallelujah. You know, we just, just like forgiveness, it's forgetness. Say it again. Say, I've received my forgetness. Praise God, I forgot. I forgot of it all. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Woo, man, that'll make you unashamed. Because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen. When you know you're the righteousness of God, you're a what? You're bold. Man, you're bold. And people know lions are pretty bold. I don't think they back down. I don't know any creature they back it down to. They are tough. They are tough. That's us. You know, back down to a little devil mouse. We don't back down to anything. What a righteousness of God. Woo, hallelujah. Man, these men understood that. Look at us. We're living epistles. We're living epistles. What does that mean? Well, we're, 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 right, we're, we're, we're the Bible on legs. That's, that's, what, that's what it's saying. That these are all epistles. As we go through, as we go through uh, Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians, they're called epistles. The Bible says you're a living epistle. In other words, you're a Bible on legs. Make sure you read your Bible. Well, first let them watch the Bible. No, I didn't say rent something. I'm talking about you. <laughs> I'm talking about let them look at you. Praise God. Let them see the Bible. Let him see the Bible. Let him see a living epistle, just like Jesus said. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Bible. These things are written, you know, I'm fulfilling them all. This is me. There's no difference. It's got to be our attitude. We're members of the body of Christ. Look at us. Hallelujah. Look at us. So they were unashamed, and they were bold. 18, they saw themselves as servants of the master not the source of the miraculous. And so in their look at us, they didn't get all into themselves. 
in looking at us, they were just wanting to reflect him. They weren't saying, look at us as though we're it. No, no, it's not look at me because I'm it. It's look at me because I reflect him. Because I'm going to yield to him. I'm going to speak his word. See, otherwise it turns into pride. So we want to walk in humility and faith. If you don't have humility, your faith won't last very long because you're going to fall over into pride. So, and pride goes before a fall. So we want to keep ourselves in the humility of God, humble, knowing we're not the source of the miraculous. We're just servants of the master. Just servants of the master. That's what we are. He's the miracle worker. But he does work through people. See, there's, there's two ditches on this thing. There's, there's, there's the ditch over here that says, you know, don't look at us. You know, if, if God's going to do a miracle, God's going to do a miracle, God's going to do it, he's going to do it, and God, God doesn't matter what you're going to do, God's going to do it. No. If God's going to do it, he needs you to yield and cooperate with him because God do it through you. God do it through people. God do it through his body. We understand that. So we don't want to be over in that ditch. Right on the other hand, we don't want to get over the other ditch over here where it's like, it's me. And then you see people do that number, you know. Next thing you know, it's just like, man, you can't even see Jesus through them. You know, it's just them. You just see them. It's just all about them. And they draw attention to themselves. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves, speaking our own words, speaking from ourselves, exalting ourselves. That's not what, these, that's not what they were doing. We want to exalt him. Now, people that didn't know any better, you know, they just see little things done at a context. They can begin to think, oh, they're prideful, they're arrogant, they're into themselves. No, no, no. Get the whole context. It, that might not be the case. Might be the case, but it might not be the case. See what I'm saying? So just because there's boldness and there's confidence and there's this look at us type of attitude, that doesn't mean they're in pride, as we see here. You understand? So we got to look at it in its context. Uh, we're, they're wanting to exalt Jesus. They knew they were not the source. Praise God. And perhaps that's why God used them so mightily, because they understood that. Uh, so then in verse 11, now they just finished saying, look at us. And then they said, verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John... All the people ran together in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So you know the story. They pulled the man up. He was completely, completely, instantly healed. Instantly healed. And uh, now he's, he's just, he's hanging on to Peter and John, not because he needs them to, you know, help him walk. They're, he's just like, he just loves these guys. He's just, he's just so happy. I mean, the man's never walked a day in his life. And here he is, just jumping around, leaping, and praising God. Verse 12. So at this... Excuse me. Uh, verse, uh, let's go back to verse 11. Now, as the lame man who held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why are you shocked at this? Or why look so intently at us? Now, don't get your eyes stuck on us. As though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk. We didn't do this. We had a part to play in it. We yielded to him. But this power, this is of God. This is the master. He worked this miracle. 
This is Jesus. But you see, they just got their eyes stuck on them. You know, there was another place we'll see later on in the book of Acts where the apostles did a, did a miracle and the people came and said, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men and they began to worship them, began to worship the apostles. So they begin to think, these guys are the source of it. But we, we understand man is never the source of it. Right? We, we understand that. We keep our eyes on God. We're not in idolatry of humans like most of the world is. In our culture today, you, you know, this, I don't know, there's a place called Holly, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And there's these people that walk around and they're like, they're like gods to people. They're like, they're like incredible. Some of the some of them are the worst excuse for a human being that ever lived, but they're idolized like they're just the most incredible beings. And what I mean by that is, is the way they live. It's pretty vile. But people look up to them like, oh, oh. it's amazing what television could do to somebody. If you're on television, oh, what a difference that makes. I've had people, they saw me on television, you know, because we had, had a broadcast on television for years. And... Uh, you know, you meet him out there somewhere. Oh, you're, you know. And then some of them actually came to church, and they never saw me again. I just became human. It's just somehow you, you take them out of the television setting, and you put them with everybody else, and next thing you know, I don't know. It's really nothing. Then you can take a nothing, put them on television. Don't even have to even comb his hair. Have you noticed that? Some of these guys don't even have to take a shower. You understand that? They can look as messy and grungy, and, and they know they. they can, some of these guys like they just walked out of bed. I want to rock. Oh! oh, can I have your autograph? Sure. Cool. I just, I just woke up. hasn't taken a shower in a week. You know what I'm talking about? Have you noticed that? Am I messing with somebody's idol or something? No American idols. Right? No American idols. What a, that is so pitiful. And then people, people want to grow up and be an idol, you know? Then they want everybody to want them. They want, I want you to want me. I need you to need me. I'd love you to love me. Oh, I beg you to beg me. These are flashbacks. <laughs> Just so some of you might not know me, this is like, this goes back during the time of the fall. <laughs> this, is, this is not the new creation. This is the new creation drawing from the old creation in order to help somebody that's caught in between. <laughs> Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So now he's preaching. Why do you look so intently at us? Like our own power and godliness has done this. Some people know it's not our godliness. It's Jesus' godliness. It's Jesus' righteousness. It's his godliness, his righteousness. It's the name of Jesus. That's what gets it done. Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. There he goes again, attacking the people. 
pointing his finger at him. When he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And killed, you killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, and he brings more clarity. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Notice what he says here. The faith which comes through him. Now Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So in other words, as we get in the word of God, our faith is able to grow and come forth from our life. And this is a process. We go from faith to faith, the Bible says. It's faith to faith. We're growing. We're growing. We're learning about God as we grow and understand God and who he is and who he is in us and through us. Our faith is growing. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. But notice what Peter says here. He says, he says in verse again, verse 16, his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him. In other words, this was not their faith. This was his faith. This was God's faith. In other words, this is what the Bible calls or what we call special faith. But we see it over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Why don't we hold your place here and just go to 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter. Very important to understand this. 1 Corinthians 12, it says in verse 7. But the manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom... Through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit. Now, we've just been doing a teaching on, the, on having faith in the anointing on Wednesday evenings. And so I just, I just covered these. If you've been missing Wednesday night, you need to go back and listen to that. And I, I go into a little bit of detail on each one of these nine manifestations of the Spirit. I explain what they are. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Verse 9, to another faith, huh? To another faith by the same spirit. To another, wait a second. What do you mean to another faith? We, we all have faith. We're all children of God. I mean, you wouldn't get saved if you didn't have faith. See, we all have faith. What does this mean? To another, a manifestation of faith. Maybe it's been a special faith. We just call it the manifestation of faith. I still like special. To just distinguish it from your faith. In other words, there's a special manifestation of the faith of God that can come upon you. It's not the faith, it's not your faith that you have developed. It's this faith of God that comes on you suddenly for a specific something, to accomplish something. And it causes you to believe beyond what you normally can believe with your faith. Isn't that awesome? Somebody said, well, I sure wish that would come on me. Well, many times it doesn't come. Until we're taking our faith as far as we can. A lot of times these special manifestations don't kick in until we're taking our faith, the wisdom of God that he's given us in his word and the things that he's been teaching us and the knowledge that he's been showing us, the discernment he's been giving us and so forth. We need to be taking them as far as we can. 
And then when we've gone so far and God still needs to get something else done, a special manifestation we can expect to come upon us to cause us to be able to do something we could never have done with our own faith. And that's what this is. I mean, here's a man begging. This man is not in his Bible. This man is not a Bible student. This guy is not trained in the scriptures. He's, he, you know, he, he, and he's looking for money. He says he's looking for alms. He's just looking to receive something material from Peter and John. But just his little wanting, expecting to receive something, even though it wasn't spiritual, that's all it took for the special manifestation of God to work. Peter and John, they're going up to prayer. I mean, they're focused on God. They're drawing near to the Lord. They're walking in the Spirit. They're here they are walking in the Spirit, and that's the key. you got to be in the Spirit for these manifestations to operate. They're over there just walking in the Spirit, doing what they do, you know, living by faith, walking by faith. And suddenly, Peter looks at this man, and that special faith comes on him. That special faith comes on him to work a miracle. That's another one of these nine manifestations of the Spirit of God. It's the working of miracles. So special faith comes on him to work this miracle. He didn't care the condition of this man's faith, his spiritual condition. It didn't matter. Usually it does. People's spiritual condition matters. You know, that's why I don't just run and pray for people. I just don't run and lay my hands on people unless the Spirit of God leads leads me to do it. And if he's not leading me to do it and I want to help you, many times I'll ask you questions. And I'll try to locate where you are at spiritually because I can't just come in and impose my faith on you. I have to find out where your faith is and we have to get into an agreement. Because that's what Jesus said over in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. He said, if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. See, that's that prayer of agreement. Normally, you've got to get in agreement with people. You've got to find, well, what can you believe? Well, I can believe the surgery is going to be successful. God's going to anoint that surgery. Praise God, let's agree together. Well, I just believe if you lay hands on me, man, that thing's gone. I'm, I'm going to be completely free of it. Well, then let's do it. Praise God, and we agree together, see. So, but that's according to your faith and my faith. Many times Jesus looked at people and said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Peter didn't walk up to this guy and say, according to your faith. This man's looking for money. He's not even expecting a miracle. But Peter locks in on a man. God's ready to do something. I don't know. I mean, like I said, this man, he's been there, been being placed there most of his life. And so we know Jesus had come through there many times doing healings and miracles. And, and yet this man, you know, he remained in the condition. I don't know, maybe, maybe Jesus looked and said, oh, I overlooked that guy while I was down there. And I'm going to get on Peter right now and take care of that. <laughs> I'm just saying. This was something that God initiated. You have to understand that. This is something God initiated. Most things we have to initiate. Our faith has to rise up and take it. That's why it's according to your faith. You have to hear the word of God, believe the word of God, rise up, act on the word of God, and receive the promise of God in your life. That's awesome. It's important that, that it works that way because by doing that, it develops you. It develops your character. 
It helps you to be able to be a greater partaker of the nature of God, which is that love nature. We want that love nature. We want to grow in that love nature. We keep hitting that this morning. And so how do we do that? By rising up in faith and laying hold of some of these promises pertaining to natural things, whether it's a healing, whether it's finances or whatever it might be, we rise up in faith to lay hold of the promises of God. And by going through this process of hearing the word of God, we're learning about God. We're growing in our understanding of the character and nature of God. And then by acting upon that, see, we're rising up above our flesh and thus developing and exercising our spirit, our character. So we're growing in character as we exercise our faith. And then we're laying hold of that promise of God. Many times you've got you to gotta have patience. You've got to stay with it, stay with it until you see it fulfilled in your life and see all that is developing you. So at the end, you don't just get the promise. You don't just get a natural blessing. You're a changed person. And that's the biggest, that's the most important thing. That's what's most important to God is that you aren't just healed. He wants you healed, but he wants you transformed. He wants you changed. He wants you more like him. He wants you to be able to fulfill your destiny. He wants you to be the man, woman of God that he's ordained you to be. And healed. And prosperous. Blessed in every area of your life. But you see, God's not so interested in just, you know, forget about all these natural things and just take the pain away. Well, he's already taken the pain away, but there's a process to receiving that from God because it's a transforming process in your life. Transforms your life. Do you see that? Praise God. So, here we see something that is not being initiated by their faith, by this man's faith. No, this just overrides all that. This is a faith that comes from God, enables you to believe something that you could never have believed on your own. I've seen people that have experienced that. I remember there was one man years ago, he had AIDS. And he was testifying right in the service. He had gotten healed in that service. And he just stood there and he was like, he was like, what happened? He said, I was just standing there. He said, suddenly, this ability to believe came on me that I'm healed, that I, I never believed before. He said, I was just able to believe it. And then I felt power go through my body. And I'm healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we want to see more of that, don't we? But the key to seeing more of that is for us to take our faith as far as we can. Take our faith as far as we can, and then we can expect some of these special manifestations to take us beyond where we could go. Let us be faithful in the little, and God will make you rule over much. It's that principle. Let's be faithful with the little. Let's be faithful. Let's lay hands on the sick. I don't feel any anointing. Right? He said, it doesn't matter. What did he say? Lay hold of the promise of God. He said, believers will lay hands on the sick. Let's get this person built up in their faith. Let's talk to them about the laying on of hands. Let's talk about Jesus, what he took for them. Let's get their faith built up. Let's get in agreement, and let's start doing it. Let's practice this. Let's do this. Let's get out there. Let's lay hands on the sick. Let's minister the gospel to people. Let's expect miracles through our faith. And as we're faithfully doing that, get ready for some special miracles, some special faith, some special things to come and be added to us. Hallelujah! Don't you want it added? Then we got to get aggressive with what we already got. We got to get aggressive with what we already got. If we get aggressive with what we already got, man, we can see some of these things. And the world needs to see some of these things. How many people know this turned out to be a tremendous testimony to everyone in the area? I mean, it went far and wide, and as a result of that, thousands of people 
got saved. I think 5,000 more people got saved that day. Come on. I mean, it opened the door for Peter to get up and preach, and he didn't have to get up there and give a little seeker-friendly message. He didn't have to get up there and give a little seeker-friendly message. No, no, no. He had the goods, man. This man is now walking, and I'm going to tell you the way it is. You see what I'm saying? See, when we don't have the power, we don't have the goods, then you start getting, like, real timid with your message because you don't have that boldness. Right? You don't have that look at us because nothing happens. Nothing ever happens with you. You never do anything for God. And so, you know, there's, there's no look at us. There's no boldness. And we just, we just kind of back down. But we, we, we want to we be able to rise up and say, look at us. Can you say amen? So he's preaching. And then verse 16. So through his name, faith which comes through him has given this, him uh, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Yet now, brethren, I know you did it in ignorance. Whew. Now he's kind of laying off a little bit, you know. I mean, he just laid in. I'm just told, you, you guys killed the prince of life. You did it. And now he says, right, but I know you did it ignorantly. As did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Don't just say, I'm sorry. I know I'm never going to be able to change because I'm an old sinner. No. Repent, therefore. Turn from that and be transformed. Be turned into a different person. Be changed into the image and likeness of God. Let God transform your life. Be transformed that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Notice that. Repent so that what? So that you can have times of refreshing from his presence. Praise God. Man, think about the, the benefits of repenting. Here's one right here. Repent, and it'll bring you into a time of refreshing. Isn't God good? You turn to him. He'll pour out his spirit on you. He'll refresh your life. Glory be to God. And then times of refreshing will lead into a life of being a refreshing. And that's really where God wants us to get to. He wants us to not just look for a time of refreshing, but we want to be a time of refreshing. You spend time with me, you get refreshed. No, Pastor, last time I, last time I was you, I got rebuked. Well, that's part of it. <laughs> but that sets you up to get refreshed, right? You got to get rebuked to get the repentance, to get the refreshing. See, some people, some people it's so sad, so many people view being corrected as rejection. They reject, reject. Some people, you can't even really correct them because they, they, they just, they have such a, a complex of being rejected. It's like, you, you know, they just feel like you're rejecting. No, I'm trying to get you refreshed. It's not, it's not just about what you did wrong. It's about getting you over here to receive his right, his righteousness, so that you can be refreshed. Praise God. 
And then, see, once we're refreshed, we don't want to just keep looking to be refreshed. We want to be a refreshing. Hallelujah. We walk in the room, and we're a breath of fresh air. It's like, it's like one of those Valentine love songs. I feel her breath in my face. I don't know. What's the song? Is it a song like that? Stop. Okay. She's, she said, don't go there. Just cut it off. It's, I, my mind was trying to pull something out of the past. I was reaching for help. I didn't get any. That song's right there at the tip of my ear. I could just, just, just about pull it in, but praise God, probably shouldn't. Praise God. Somebody say, times are refreshing. Well, make me a refreshing. Hallelujah. How people know the world needs a refreshing? We're, we're, we're to be a, 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 a sprinkler of the blessing of God, you know? Really. No, we, should, we should just be just refreshed and blessed. We've got living water on the inside of us. And we get around people as a... Do you see one of those sprinklers? You know what I'm talking about? You spray it, everybody. A bunch of kids that get out there, we just play in the sprinkler. That's what we're doing this morning. We're playing in the sprinkler. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see some people, they run through the sprinkler. You know, they jump through it. They run around the room, you know. Hallelujah. Are you a, a heavenly sprinkler? Then you must be a heavenly thinker to be a heavenly sprinkler. Amen. We've got to keep our mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Keep our eyes on him, focused on him, faith in him. Praise God. And you'll be a heavenly Sprinkler, praise God. Verse 20, and that he may send, he's not done yet. He says, so times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, right? Repent, so times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. Verse 20, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Notice that. Times of restoration. What is that? What is the times of restoration? Well, that's God getting things back to how they were before the fall of man. Restore it. Get man back to what he was before the fall. Get him back to the purpose of God. Get him back to the plan of God. Get him back to the perfection of God. Get him back in that kind of presence of God. Hallelujah. I mean, we're talking about total restoration. God's going to bring about a complete restoration of this place. It's going to happen. God's plan is going to come to pass. It don't matter how long it takes. Man, it's about 6,000 years. You know. It don't matter how many years. It don't matter how many problems. Praise God. This place is going to be restored. God's going to have his plan. It's going to happen. But it's not just going to happen for the overall plan of his creation. It's going to happen with you. It starts with repenting. Being refreshed. Becoming a refreshing. And being restored. He is restoring. That's what he's teaching us. Even these little words I'm saying right now. These are words of restoration. It's to bring you back to the place you were meant to be before sin ever entered into the picture. 
And that's the kind of life he wants you to be living now. He wants to bring you back to full restoration. Hallelujah. That's what's happening. He's working it in our life. We're letting him work it. We want that. We want to get back to that place of full restoration. The Bible says in Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 19. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Notice that. The creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. That's us. They're waiting on us for us to be revealed as we were meant to be. God's offspring with his DNA, his nature, walking in his power, his blessing. It's the earnest expectation of the creation. It's waiting for the revealing of you. A restored you. A restored back to what you were meant to be you. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So as you and I get over into the glorious liberty, the freedom by which Christ has made us free. We get over into that liberty, that place of restoration. We're walking in the life of God. Hallelujah. We are living, living sprinklers of blessing. Just God's life is flowing out of us. His presence is flowing out of us. It affects the creation itself. It affects the world around us. It'll affect the very atmosphere. It'll affect the weather. It'll affect everything. Because everything that you see was created by God for you and me. It was created for us. Everything you see was created for you and me. Hallelujah. He's given it to us. He's given it to us. But we're for him. We were created for him. And all this was created for us. And so as we give ourselves to him, that all these things are added unto us. And we affect all these things. We affect the world around us. We affect nature itself. Well, it's happening for the evil. We see that. We see that. The earth is being affected by all the sin that's in it. Why can't it be affected by the sons of God rising up and walking in their liberty? Why not? Which is more powerful? Sin or God? Righteousness or ungodliness? Righteousness is greater. Light is greater than darkness. Let's rise up and shine. Praise God. Change the world around us. Stop waiting for everything around us. That's another problem. People are waiting around for God to change everything. God's looking at us. He's saying, I've given you everything you need to bring about change. You're it. You're it. You want change? Walk in the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Be restored. Hallelujah. I just speak that over everybody. Be restored in the name of Jesus. Restoration. Restoration of every area of your life. Woo! Hallelujah. Never underestimate a time of refreshing. You know, you see people getting blessed and they're laughing. 
giggling, what have you. Don't underestimate. There's restoration going on. We've had whole services. People just, people just getting refreshed. People having a time of refreshing. People just getting blessed. Just people getting happy. Praise God. That's a great place to be. Why? Because happy hearts hook up easily to the Holy Ghost. Say it. You guys got it. Just make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> happy hearts hook up easily to the Holy Ghost. You get folks happy. Ooh, it's just, they just hook up to the Holy Ghost. And he just takes them. <laughs> right? You just get happy. He just... <laughs> You just get happy and you're like, oh, praise God. He just takes you. He just takes you. Next thing you're somewhere else, praise God. You're more restored. Your life's restored. Things are good. You're stronger. You're better. Never underestimate a little giggle. Not when it's a church. Things are happening. Things are happening. Something great is happening. Verse 22, for Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear the prophet, hear that prophet, shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. So that prophet he's talking about is Jesus. See, he's, just, he's still preaching, and he's letting them know. He's like, hey, repent. Let's go. Let's repent. Times are refreshing, restoration. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you don't, you're going to be utterly destroyed. Amen. Very happy message. You're going to be utterly destroyed. When do you hear, hear that? Reject Jesus and you're going to be utterly destroyed. This is, this, is he preaching? He's preaching to these people. And I think it's a good message. I mean, I wish it was on CD. Or MP3 or something. Don't you? Powerful message. He says in verse 23 again. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet. In other words, they don't listen and obey that prophet, they'll be utterly destroyed. Well, why wouldn't anybody listen? Why, why would people not listen? Why would they not want to hear some of these convicting things? Because there's a breaking taking place. There's a breaking of the outer man. There's a breaking you free from habits, addictions, lusts, perversions, things that your flesh likes. Your flesh doesn't want to lose those things. It doesn't want to lose those things. It wants to hang on to those things, see? So for me to have to listen to this pastor, have to listen to this message, to have to listen to this truth, <laughs> have to listen to this real word of God here, uh, there's a breaking involved in it. But if you reject the breaking, then there's a destroying. Jesus said it this way over in Matthew's gospel. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 44, he said... And whoever falls on this stone, talking about himself, whoever falls on this stone will be broken. There'll be a breaking. But whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. So you can either fall on Jesus, fall on his word, repent, 
Fall on him and be broken of all your selfishness. Be broken of, this, broken of all your self-love. Be broken of all those things that you just can't live without. Be broken of all this stuff. Or you can go ahead and back off and say, no, 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 I don't want to lose any of these things. I want to live my life. I want to live it the way I want to live it. And that rock that you could have fallen on and been broken and actually it would have set you free, that very rock will come upon you and grind you to powder. God is still a God of judgment, even in the New Testament. See, a lot of people think that God got saved with the coming into the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, he was an angry man. But in the New Testament, you know, now he's a nice, jolly man. He's like, he's just a jolly person now. God's like different than the Old Testament. No, God's not different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, friend. It's our perspective that's being changed. It's the grace that's being made available to us that's increasing upon our life. God hasn't changed. He's still the destroyer of sin and wickedness. Yeah, I know the devil's called the destroyer. He's the destroyer of righteousness and goodness and everything that's right and good and holy. And, but God's a destroyer of sin. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And sin is a part of that. And if you want to cling to the sin, then you'll be destroyed with the sin. So we don't want to play around with sin. You know, we get this, we, people get this idea, it's like, I know I should repent and stuff like that and everything else. That's really great. I love that. You get refreshed. You get blessed. It's restoration. It's really great, Pastor. It's really good. I'm just going to hang on to it a little bit longer and stuff like that. Ah! That's the rock coming down and grinding you to powder. Why? Because you have treated the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice for your wickedness on that cross as a common thing. You've despised it. You've trampled on it. Then there's the grinding. That's what happens. You never want to do that. That makes God very upset. I got news for you. It makes God very upset. When here he comes, he, he's appalled by sin. Every sin, he's appalled by it. And he came to deliver us from it. And he gave, his, he gave his life and his blood was shed. He went to hell and took the torment and punishment for all sin upon himself. So you can be free. Not for you to walk around and say, yeah, not today. Not today. Not right now. Not right now. I will. That's wonderful. I really appreciate those times of refreshing. Do you just never know when the rock's going to fall on you? I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm born again. You'll die in your sins if you don't repent of them. Somebody says, Pastor, I think I've committed the impardonable sin already. Uh, you don't look like powder to me. Now, you might have powdered your nose, but you haven't. You're not powder. You understand what I'm saying? When that stone comes down on you, it's over. If it hasn't come down on you and you're still breathing air, you better repent. You better run to Jesus and thank God for his mercy and grace and not treat it lightly. Well, I'm a Christian. I've been born again. What, what, is, what does that mean? You are what you are now. You know, like Ecclesiastes says, it says, in the place where a tree falls, that's where it lies. If it, if it falls this way or that way, in the place where the tree falls, it lies. It's kind of a strange scripture, right? You're, you're reading along in Ecclesiastes, and, the, and a tree falls to the north, south, and the place where it falls, that's where it lies. And then it goes on. It's like, ah. Yeah, well, we're called trees of righteousness. But if your tree falls into sin and you don't get out of it, that's where you are. I don't care what you were. 
That's what you are. Don't play with eternal life. Don't play with God's mercy. Never play with God's grace. I'm talking to Christians. Never play with God's grace. If something's not right and you run to the cross, you get washed in the blood of Jesus and you thank God you can. You thank God you can. Hallelujah. You be broken of those things and be set free now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Not tomorrow, not later, right now. God deals with you now. And listen, just because judgment for sin isn't executed speedily, don't think it can't be executed suddenly. Well, I've been going along like this for a long time. I stumble, I fall, I stumble, I fall, I get up, I walk a little bit. I stumble, I go back a little bit, I play games and this. I just play little games over here. So, okay, so I think you just keep doing that? You think you just keep doing that? Maybe today's the day. I don't know, maybe God's talking to somebody today and saying, today's your day. You need to get it right. Don't, you don't play with these things. God is a God of judgment. He is a God of judgment. He is not wishy-washy. We think he's like us. He's wishy-washy. He ain't wishy-washy. It's, you're in or you're out. You're in faith. You believe or you don't. You receive or you reject. Now, we're a work in progress and we're growing, but to the degree where you are, he expects he expects obedience. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody say, I'm going to obey him. Amen. I ain't messing around with eternity. You understand that? I ain't messing around with eternity. Ain't no way, Charlie. Hell is hot. I ain't going there. I ain't going there. It's a real place. I believe in it. I believe in it as much as I believe in heaven. I ain't going there. And that's a daily thing. And I can give you all kinds of scripture on that. We could just go on a whole tangent of how the Apostle Paul talked about these things, you know. So... We're going to heaven because we're set to go there now. And we're going to keep ourselves set there. If we get deviate, we'll get right back on just as fast as we can. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand up on your feet with me this morning. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.